Welcome to Joyful Sundays, a podcast delivering weekly insights, inspiration, and tools to live a more conscious, connected, and intentionally meaningful life. Join us as we go into the minds of some of the world's most inspiring leaders to discover the keys to unlocking your best self. In the midst of a global pandemic, there has never been a more important time to reflect on how we want to emerge, what we value, who we are at our cores, and how we want to reflect those North Star values in the lives we build post a global crisis. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. Welcome to Joyful Sundays. I am so delighted to have you with me again this week. The reception to the show has been just remarkable, and I'm so grateful and humbled by the community and your reception of the show. So thank you so much for tuning in. This week's going to be a little bit different. Usually I have a guest on the show talking about how we want to emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic a little bit differently, a little bit more mindful and intentional of how we want to live our lives true to our North Star values. This week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my journey through the pandemic. Now, it's far from over, that's for sure. I would say I'm in the midst of it. But how I've been using this time and space to deeply commit to my growth, how I've surrendered to joy, which is a mantra I use to meditate as well as really how I've been living my life as I've been in the process of taking stock and shifting my vision, getting creative, thinking about how I want to emerge from the pandemic as a mom, as a leader, as a community member, and as a human. And so I hope that you enjoy today's show. Certainly feel free to give feedback, like, comment, subscribe, share. Thanks for joining us. In 2008, I bought a book called 40 Days to Personal Revolution. It was written by a man named Baron Baptiste. I'll never forget, I bought it at a moksha yoga studio at the time in Yelltown when I was visiting dear friends that lived in Vancouver. And I've always come back to my yoga practice as a way of centering myself, grounding myself, and finding myself. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit in March of 2020, I had to make a really difficult decision as to whether I was going to continue the operations of the company I had built or whether I was going to pause and take some time to reflect and consider the path forward. In the moment that I was making the decision, I went into what I've heard a lot of other people call wartime CEO, putting on a game phase, being really strong and tough, bringing a super high pain threshold that I have created in myself. But I brought that wartime CEO to having to make the decision. Do I continue to operate? Do I pivot the business so that the organization can keep going and the community keep thriving? Or do I pause and make sure that when I bring it back, it comes back in a fully sustainable way 
And in that period of having to make the decision and then execute on the decision, which actually took a tremendous amount of strength and grit and high execution focus as much as when we were operating, I brought that hustle culture we've seen in the tech industry and a very hard work ethic and I was operating at 180% to get it done. And that actually is how I'd been operating for many, many years. And as I kept hustling and growing and, and recognizing that I was determined to become professionally successful, financially independent, and contribute to the community, that hustle and my foot on the gas, metaphorically, didn't stop for over 20 years. Because I just historically have been a person who operates at 180% for a variety of reasons. And so after the first couple of months of bringing execution focus to pausing the organization I had built, checking in with team members as much as I could, trying to support them in transitioning to new opportunities and supporting all of the operational details that had to happen, I found myself in space, in an emptiness that I hadn't experienced in over 20 years professionally. And this is intentional space, creating space for myself to reflect, to think, to create, to parent my daughter mindfully during this time of a pandemic, to listen and learn through the Black Lives Matter movement that has surged. And I picked up that book again that I've picked up a number of times over the last many years. And one of the things that this book does is it really sort of go quite in to understanding who I am and as well undertaking a conscious transformation or really developing a much more mindful approach to how I want to live. Chapter four of the book talks about the principle, which is one of the principles he uses in terms of explaining and setting a 40-day revolution practice through movement, through food, through meditation work. He calls it commitment to growth. The idea in a casual form of, yeah, yeah, I live in a growth mindset, commit to growth, of course I do, is very different, I believe, than what it means to embody a commitment to growth. What it means to go in very deep, to examine ourselves, and to look at the two sides of us, the choices we can always make, sort of like a very often quoted fable around ancient indigenous teaching that talks about the two wolves and that we have one wolf that is ego-driven and that can get angry and bitter and resentful and doesn't behave in the way that they wished you. And then there's the peaceful, more contemplative, more thoughtful, more loving and compassionate wolf. And that the wolf that wins is really the wolf we choose to feed. And that story is how he opens that chapter. And it really has been the basis around how I've been approaching this time. 
unpacking and understanding all of the different tenets of who I am, what's important to me, and how I want to emerge and emerge differently, which will inform how I lead, how I parent, how I relate to people as friends and colleagues and as a daughter and, and frankly to myself and in loving relationships. So I'm deeply grateful to that book and to Baron Baptiste for writing it. If that's not the book, you know, pick up a book that does interest you or inspire you to go inwards and spend some time, even if you don't have the privilege of as much space as I do in this moment, to really understand who you are right now and what's important to you coming out of this pandemic and how you might want to emerge a little differently. I was about 20 years old. I was living in Milan, Italy. I was super fortunate that I got to go on exchange as part of my undergraduate program at Ivy. And there's a story of an experience I had on a train that really brings to light for me what can happen when we operate from a place of trust and faith versus fear. Towards the end of my trip, I literally had 10 days left of being in Europe. And I had run out of money, like literally run out of money. And I had already called home and asked for a little help to get home, though I had, you know, really worked hard and saved the money to contribute that it took to go on that trip. I used cash and American Express and my bank card and all those places were empty. And I think I had like 10 bucks to my name. And I'd never been in that position before. Being greatly privileged in my life, I had really never understood what it was to walk so close to like not being able to afford a roof over my head, being alone in Europe. I realized that the more I fretted about it, the more tied in knots I got. I was petrified. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was anxious. I couldn't eat. And so one day I decided, and it happened to be the day I was traveling from Switzerland back to Milan on the train with my Euro Star Pass, that I was actually going to invite a different energy into my body. And I don't even know where I found the language for that to myself. I don't think I would have used those words. But in retrospect, I can see that what I did is I decided to operate from a place of trust, that it would work out, that if I could just become my calm, kind, interested, curious self, I would be able to attract some kind of answer or figure it out. But I also know that when I was a kid, I played the violin. And I was in Prague with a very good friend of mine at the time, Carly Schuler, still a very dear friend of mine, like a sister. And I was walking around Prague and I was so inspired by all the antique stores and I had seen a violin that I decided I should buy myself a violin and bring it home and learn to play. And that's where all my money went. I brought that violin with me on the train back from Prague to Switzerland, Switzerland to Milan. And it just so happened that an elderly gentleman got into the car with me. And it was just the two of us in a car. And the gentleman was very kind. He had very kind eyes. He was very 
interested in talking to me. And I did not speak French very well at that time, though I'm Canadian and learned French in school. When I learned Italian, when I lived in Italy, my Italian replaced my French in my brain. So the man was speaking French. I was speaking Italian. We somehow communicated in a broken French-Italian language. And the energy was being exchanged in a super positive way. He was interested and curious about me. I was interested and curious about him. And he asked me if I played the violin. And I said, well, in fact, I do, but I haven't played the violin since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. But I was going to learn again, and I had bought this violin in Prague. And he said, well, I'd love to hear you play. And I initially was resisting. I was afraid. And I said, you know, what do I have to lose? So I picked up the violin. And I started to play. And it was a bit out of tune. And I was pretty terrible. And the man started to cry. I was playing the song and it just poured out of me. And the man was crying. And in his French to my Italian understanding every seven words, he communicated to me that this was a song that his mother used to play to him when he was little and that he had lost his mother in the war and he lost most of his family. And I finished playing and we asked the person who was serving beverages on the train to take a photograph for us, old school camera with film. And I have this beautiful photo of the two of us with the violin, with the mountains in the background, but you can't see our faces. In fact, it's quite dark. And I hold on to that photo to remind me of this concept of choosing the energy of faith and trust. And I don't necessarily mean religious faith. Of course, everybody has their own approach to faith. But for me, the concept of faith is really about confidence that I have it in me to figure it out. And that sometimes just allowing positive space and energy to flow and not holding on so tightly to wanting to know the answer enables the manifestation of beautiful ideas, beautiful connections, and you really draw people in when you're in good energy. And then as it happened, the man said, you know, I want to give you some money. And I said, no, 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 I can't possibly accept your money. He ended up shoving me an envelope and he just said, it's really important to me. I just want to do this for you. You remind me so much of my family. Please accept my gift. And so I didn't want to offend the man. So I accepted the envelope. And then the man left the train. And in fact, what ended up happening was that that was enough money to get me through the rest of my time in Europe and get me home. And I don't know why that happened that day. And I can't ever imagine something like that happening to me again. But it was a profound lesson in learning to really surrender instead of always hang on so tight and to enable that joy and positive energy to come out. And I've been bringing that mantra of surrendering to joy to this period of space. And it might seem a little bit light or fluffy when I talk about that being both a student of meditation and life philosophy, but also a CEO who cares deeply about being successful in my professional life and my professional relationships and the impact I can have on society. But in truth, 
I actually believe that this pandemic, this moment in time that has forever changed society now and into the future, not just with respect to our economy and the new world of work, but also dramatically changed the experience of our children and our children's children who will hear stories of living through this pandemic and how it changed the world and using that time to get really quiet and to listen deeply to what our North Star values are. Who are we? How do we want to emerge when we have the opportunity to chart a new path based on what matters most. I have found myself with this incredible space given the dramatic decision that was appropriate for me to make under the circumstances with respect to the company that I was leading. And it may not be as dramatic for some of you listening, or it might be just as, if not more difficult, a circumstance that you've been dealing with in your life or through the pandemic. But my message today is that sometimes something happens and many of us actually can relate in this time through being impacted by the pandemic. But something can sometimes happen that shakes us to our cores and calls us to wake up, to remember who we are as human beings, to commit to our own growth, to become more mindful if we choose to use the opportunity that way. And that going into the space actually can be incredibly freeing. It just takes some time to, to sort of shift into it, to move into it and surrender to it and ultimately embrace it and or become joyful about having the gift of and the opportunity for space. And if some of you are creating and taking that space, I really encourage you to protect it. It's not easy to do. And so this concept of committing to growth really is about bringing a mindfulness and a deep intentionality to our thoughts, our feelings, those thoughts and feelings that then in turn drive our actions so that we can emerge from this big life moment with as much intentionality as we would like to. And in closing, I just would love to share with you a little bit about my mantra right now, which is called surrender to joy. I am actually also taking a meditation teacher training at the moment, in addition to creating this podcast. And it's more about going deeper into my own meditation practice than it necessarily is about teaching, although you never know. But why we were in class today and the teacher was talking about the power of mantra and mantra as a repeated word or phrase to help ground us in the thoughts that we wish to choose and the energy we wish to choose. And so even if you're not necessarily a believer in meditation or you find it difficult, the idea of having a phrase that grounds you when you get overwhelmed, anxious. So for me, the concept of surrender to joy 
is really about understanding the positivity and the opportunity in letting go. And surrender, I think, is a really beautiful word that connotes letting go, but it's also about allowing, not gripping tightly, and choosing to trust and have faith through this gentle letting go that the answer will emerge, you will create it, you will manifest it. But you need sometimes some space or an end of something in order to experience the beginning of something new. And that we always can choose to find that joy, really bring some lightness to that process. So I use that mantra, surrender to joy, to meditate in the mornings. If you haven't tried meditating, the concept of even sitting and thinking through that phrase that's powerful for you for a few minutes in the morning can be extremely transformative. I use that mantra in the morning where I sit for about 15 minutes and just allow myself to breathe in and out saying those words and recognizing the transformative impact on my body, my mind, my mood, and the clarity that I can bring to everything that I have to do, including some really hard professional things when I'm giving talks, when I have important meetings, So if you haven't meditated, I do encourage you to give it a try and to come up with a mantra that is meaningful to you and would love to hear from the Joyful Sundays community around if you have a mantra that's been powerful for you or what the experience has been like if you've tried this out. So feel free to tag me on Instagram or DM me at Jodi Kovitz and we'll be sharing with the community. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to Joyful Sundays, the podcast where I have truly inspiring conversations about how to become your best self. If you like this episode, support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating, and a comment. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. See you next time on Joyful Sundays.